The value of a data team is a huge topic, really huge. I would say really hard to tackle, at least in one podcast episode. And also like something I think which haven't been really investigated yet. But these questions will come and we end up with this topic in this episode. So it's not like that we talk about it all the time. We talk about a lot of stuff. But in the end, we come to the point where Stefan from Corsa and I talk about what kind of value a, a data team can bring to a company. And we bring up some ideas. And I think these ideas are coming from also like the category that Corsa is in. And it's a kind of new category. So it's not like this general purpose analytics tools anymore. It's crunching some data and then it's giving you some, some reports that you can filter down and then you have to find your answers in these reports. What Corsa does is like it, it takes the same kind of data and it prepares it in a way that it shows you a relationship. So you say, okay, I want to improve my conversion rate. So I need to understand what kind of factors are basically going into this conversion rate. So And what, most importantly, like what kind of dimensions go into the conversion rate. So, And dimensions can be anything. I mean, it can be like what kind of devices are people using, which kind of campaign they're coming from, which kind of country they are accessing your website. And so what Corsa does is like it, it goes through all the different kind of segmentations that you have and it's showing you What kind of combination of criteria is has a major impact on specific kind of metrics? And this is definitely a new category in analytics where, where you don't rely on an analyst to find an interesting pattern, but basically a software is presenting interesting pattern to you and you can pick them up and can look Who in your company can benefit from this? And this brings an interesting part to the value of a data team because now data team can proactively or even more proactively reach out to different kind of teams and ask, okay, we found something that could be interesting for you. Should we work on this together? And I think this is definitely changing the, the role of data to be just on the receiving end, to just get tickets to, to hey, can you please check why this conversion rate went down or i don't know the other things that happening so it changes the, the the role of this team to become a more proactive player within a company and by that i think definitely also changes the value perception so i hope you find it interesting to listen to that and so for me it was a very interesting conversation to really talk about the potentials and like the things that you can do with a different kind of approach to work with data. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Meet the Analytics Stack. And today we are meeting Stefan from Corsa. And so the first question would be like, how do you pronounce Corsa in an international background? Because I would know how I would pronounce it in German, but um, how do you do this in the English-speaking world? I think you were spot on. Yeah. Okay. So Corsa yeah. is right about it. Because you write it with a K, so like it's because right. it tended me to like, say causa. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, in the, in the most German way. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so, um, okay, excellent. Um, so maybe for, 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 people, um, for people who don't know you, um, there might be some. Um, so 
how would you um, describe what, what Causa is doing? At the core of what we are doing is the following. We help our clients or companies answer why questions with regards to their metrics. And we do so um, because we believe if you understand why a metric changes, both at a more fundamental level, but also um, maybe on a day-to-day -day level, so where like fundamental like drivers may be not the cause of a change, it's crucial for our clients to know this in order to be able to improve on the metrics. That's one part of the equation. So, um, and the second is, if you have worked in data analytics, sifting through you know, a lot of data, hunting down and chasing possible answers to these questions, you know that this is a pain and this takes awfully long. And yeah, this is where we help um, you know, the people on the ground to actually do the heavy lifting of um, answering these questions. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think everyone who's, who, who's doing analysis or have done analysis, and so I did it quite some time in my life. I mean, the, if you would scan the Slack channels of data teams, maybe like 60, 70% are like questions like, yeah, why is the conversion rate down? And uh, why do we have dropped the average card value and so on? So this is, and then like maybe for context for people outside who haven't done analyst work, this usually involves like you have to go into either you're using a tool or you go into a database and then you have to uh, slice and dice basically the, the data to find out, okay, actually, where is this, where is this difference coming from? And so, and since I have, worked with your tool already so i know that there's a lot of things happening just automatically and so like um maybe so let's let's take this uh, this example with with the conversion rate drop i mean this is like an maybe something that everyone can understand it's like so i have let's say an online store and so like my my general conversion rate now has dropped by by 15 percent. so how could i use um causa to 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 see Where is this coming from? So like the, to answer the typical question, let's say from the CEO who's asking, okay, why is our conversion rate dropping? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, the starting point is exactly what you said. Um, today, I assume many companies use a dashboard to actually realize that yeah. something's happening where they would observe a drop in the overall conversion. And then unless this is due to you know expected behavior due to seasonality for instance or a spike because you know you've run um a campaign or something um if if this drop makes you wonder um why that happens um so that today you know our clients would use dashboards to try to nail down um what's happening and we've seen them We've seen analysts spending literally days on these topics, depending on you know on the on the complexity um, of the question at hand, um, and still you know th they have by no means um, the ability to test everything and to see everything. They will go with you know human bias, human intuition, and check for the usual suspects. Um, hopefully, delivering an answer which satisfies business um, without conversion drop and and. And, and the reality is also couple like, you know, when, a con when you look at a conver conversion uh, drop, it must necessarily mean that so many things can ha happen. It could be that 
some data pipeline broke, right? This is what data observability is for. You, you, you look at the data that is ingested, whether it meets some, some shape or form you would expect. Naturally, um, this is something which we believe in the, in the modern data stack should be detected before analytics mm. jobs run. And then you can pinpoint you know, such a conversion drop in an online shop exactly to maybe a third party tool not delivering you know, um, the, the data um, as expected. Um, Causa focuses more on, um, on the business side of things. Um, and maybe let's take a step back. So what, what you'll see in, in the real world is that business, businesses continuously intervene with the outside world and with their business. So they try to optimize processes, campaigns, on-page, recommendations in the shop. So many things happen simultaneously. And in an ideal world, you would say, you know what, to understand what really works and what doesn't, you would, run, would want to choose the random control trial as the gold standard and understand whether your intervention, you know, compared with a control group tells you, hey, this actually has a positive impact. Now, coming back to your conversion drop, assume this was happening due to some kind of intervention. Um, it could be that in the warehouse, um, that stock keeping unit was placed from a fast moving item to a slow moving item commission slot. And at some point, warehousing system said, this is you know, out of stock. So naturally, clients couldn't even buy this product anymore, yeah. leading to a conversion drop. Um, and this is clearly, you know, maybe can be attri attributed to an intervention you are in control of. And learning which interventions work in your business and which don't, and which have a positive or negative effect on your business is at the core of our business. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, you're just uh, talking about things that you can control. I mean, um, I know enough cases where things were happening that you don't control. So, for example, like mm -hmm. uh, one of your affiliate partners figured out that they can earn a lot of money with you and they're just piping a lot of money into display or uh, like search ads and just driving um, business on your platform, which you're not aware of. Because, like, I mean, why should they tell you? Because they, they, they are affiliate partners, so they get their money to some mm -hmm. degree. And so, and then because like they're driving so much, uh, so much volume of, let's say, maybe not so qualified traffic, they are basically bumping down the, the conversion rates. And then you are wondering, okay, basically what's going on? Uh, so we don't really see an idea. So this, it drives everyone crazy. And the, the interesting thing is like, because you mentioned what I often see is like, I mean, data quality and data trust is a huge topic everywhere. And so you already said yeah. there, there, there are possibilities in modern data stack to at least monitor some things and to to see some changes, but um, the trust thing even goes more beyond. And I know that in systems where, let's say, core metrics start to change and no one has an explanation for it, it usually takes trust away, even when everything is fine, even when, like tracking works, uh, pipelines are working, but still like, I mean, I think maybe this is a human thing that people cannot explain something. And this is, I mean, this is quite interesting because you, you said like, you're focusing on the why. And I think this is like, um, where I would say, okay, this is basically introducing a new category because analytics was a lot long time, I would say, about the what. So what was always pretty easy because, as you said, so you just put some numbers on a dashboard and the people had to figure out the why. And so um, the interesting thing, so maybe just one step back because I'm always love to, to, to hear that. It's like, where did you 
came up with the idea initially? Was it like that you had to do five years um, conversion rate uh, differ difference analysis uh, somewhere or where was the idea coming from? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you're right. So um, the, 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 the service of the product, uh, what Causa is today and what we aspire to be certainly you can say this is a new type of category. Some people call it diagnostic analytics, some yeah. augmented analytics. Um, but irrespective of that, I think at the core, the, the questions which um, businesses want and require to answer are really old and nothing new kit on that block. It's like why metric dropped or spiked is, is, a, is a very old question. And exactly this is how um, Causa um, got started. So my, my co-founder, Michael, he's the algorithmic head behind what we do. Yeah. So he's a theoretical physicist by training and he worked on questions like, why did a machine fail? Yeah. And, and, and you can approach the problem with like um, machine learning out of the box techniques and try to predict failure and, and try to, you know, identify features or combinations of such which have an influence on machine failure. And, and, and along that way, he, he, he learned, hey, in a business context, and I think for the reason you said earlier, it's like data, like data um, collection mm -hmm. and ha having the observations in place which you think you need to explain something is crucial. And you, you'll learn in business context, in many cases, you're lacking even the observations. So whatever the algorithm, you'll have a hard time to actually say what the, you pinpoint the reason. Um, so this, this is how we got started. I, like I personally had my first professional career experience as an analyst in supply chain management for a large FMCG company. And, and back in the days I worked at, on SAP business warehouse mm -hmm. and visual basic and, and Excel spreadsheets. So by no means what people consider today, the modern data stack, but the questions were the same, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, this is how we got started and then, um, yeah, went, went on that journey. The funny thing is I started out with uh, MS Access and Visual Basic as well. So like ah, also like for, for a huge huge German tire company. So um, I mean, but but there's the same. So the, the questions were the same. So I was doing data when I was not even aware to do data. But I think that this is interesting. And um, you already said, so like it's, it's, it's a kind of new, new, new category. So... What why what do you think? I mean, of course, like I, I mean, there might be some obvious um, explanation why we now looking into into like moving beyond this this uh, the setup that we often have in data. Like, okay, we produce some data and then uh, we create a dashboard. And so, like, I mean, it's always like my my fun joke is like when I talk with companies about building a data stack. Yes, I'm always telling them, yeah, we work six six months, we spend an enormous amount of money, and in the end, you get a Tableau dashboard. So uh, it's Sometimes it's a cool delivery. Often it's basically a little bit disappointing because in the end it doesn't really um, deliver what the people are expecting it should deliver. So what, what, what do you see? Is, uh, what, what are the things that are now starting to bring us beyond this? So to, to really say, yeah. okay, we, we can go beyond the, the different kind of dashboard, which I think, okay, yeah, it was, we didn't have a better idea or maybe a, bit, a better setup before. Yeah. That's a good question. I um, maybe maybe the the lens um, through which it's the, the, 
that serves as a good answer to this question is the following. Assume you were running a retail company and you had mm -hmm. plenty of shops and you could like, you could literally put yourself into a shop, observe your clients, um, intervene with the reality your clients are exposed to by moving goods around and see whether that impacts sales. You had a, like a very physical reality where yes, I mean, the, the, the data collection was more qualitative in a sense and not as yeah. quantitative as you, you'd see it on the internet nowadays. But the, the learnings from observation and intervention with the reality could be made very directly in like a reality. And I think today's world, particularly everything that runs heavily um, over the wire, you don't have that reality which you can observe through eyes and then intervene with it. And that has, I think, grown the necessity and what today is called data, data analytics, data engineering to an extent, which is just, you know, like impressive to see. But it's admittedly the only way through which you can observe that digital reality. And I think that's why it's so important to also acknowledge that the tools which you may have employed in the past, like a dashboard to see, hey, what was going on and am I like running on my self-set against my self-set goals at this point, or is there anything which you know I should I should be doing? So it was it, it was a good tool at that point in time, but it's admittedly like not sufficient to observe like purely digital realities, um, and that's why I think yeah, there's just this necessity arising that dashboards are a good starting point, but by no means uh, a tool which allows you to fully understand what's going on yeah and i sometimes also think it's like we are now starting to realize that uh, we as humans also have our limitations um to some degree right. i mean in the end like what, what we always tell telling the people like when we do projects like you have to come up with the right questions so spend on i mean this is like there's i think there's the famous uh einstein uh, quotation where he said okay if i want to solve a problem i spent i don't know 50 minutes on formulating the question then the last 10 minutes which i think it's definitely there's definitely truth about it but the problem is like sometimes you don't even have the you don't come up with the right question so i have enough setups where, where i talk to people and we were trying to let's say do a tracking or event design and of course i also say yeah what do you want to answer and so they say yeah I mean, but we might not have everything so which is totally normal i mean i know it for myself i start with something out i have some things in my mind and then when i start to work with the data i have other things in mind which are then not there and so um, i mean the interesting thing what you are doing is like you can pinpoint into areas where maybe no one is actually uh thinking about uh that this could be a problem so Do you, did you had some kind of cases when you were when you were working uh, now with companies on their data that they basically were like ah <laughs> okay there's our problem <laughs> I mean there's like two 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 ways how you can think about if, yeah. um, using causa one is the case which you mentioned in the beginning you see something on a dashboard it's damn visible to everybody but you have a hard time pinpointing why that metric yeah. is moving I think that happens, but it doesn't happen every day, right? Yes. Um, so you can you can think of the second part of what we do is to continuously sift through data. And even if a metric at the higher level is plateauing and stagnant, like not moving at all, what Causa would unfold is um, trends which are canceling out one another. So 
there's a lot more to actually find in the observations you, um, for instance, such an event stream um, you gather. Um, to your question, you know, the funnily, like I think one anecdote um, I can I can tell is like one of one of our clients um, just recently discovered in that data um, that you know that the regulation in an, in an in a company on the other side of this planet, you know, they're operating and changed, and 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 the, the headquarter is in Central Europe, right? So mm -hmm. um, you you absolutely see things um, in the data, artifacts in the data, where um, by no like no label, no feature was in the data that these data sets were like collected while some regulation was in place or is about to come in place. Um, so I think that also gives like a very important notion to it. Whatever diagnostic analytics or augmented analytics is and will be at this point in time, it will always take humans. Like yeah. the observations you collect are only like only part of the reality. You can't capture all of it. So even with Causa, we always require domain knowledge and people who have, uh, you know, can put data insights into context mm -hmm. and drive the conclusion whether it challenges existing understanding or not. How do you, I mean, this is, I think this is a, a really underestimated topic, I think, in data, uh, the, the, the power or the, how to say, the importance of context. So um, how do you, do you collect some experiences, how companies can get better Uh, to use their context? Because, I mean, the problem is like context is usually not centered in one person. I mean, it would be great if there's one person who have all the context in their head, they can easily spot and say, yeah, actually, this is this. But it's usually spread across, let's say, teams, people, maybe sometimes 100, 200 people. And then I, I know this from other projects where like it, it took us two months to figure out why this thing was happening because then someone came around and were like, yeah, actually we were doing X, Y, that at that point of time. But it takes yeah. time to find these people. So did you collect some, some let's say, good practices, uh, what companies can do? And so like, I mean, I think we are really in the start to understand what how important context is and to make it more visible. But um, I don't know if you, did you collect some ideas uh, how to make, how to work better or to make context more visible or more actionable? Um. I, I will say, I think to your point, yes, there's a lot of leeway to and uh, to improve still, and we haven't, um, yeah, we, we don't have a silver bullet at this point in time. But maybe one way to think about it is the the following. It used to be, if you look at a dashboard by nature, it has yeah. two dimensions, and you can depict an arbitrary number of metrics where arbitrary is somewhat limited to its interpretability, um, yeah. visually speaking. So. If you take this as a starting point and you say six months of work, the output is some kind of dashboards. Ultimately, what you do is once you've you know centralized data, normalized it, you you will have to reduce it in complexity by a lot to actually make it displayable. Um, and that complexity reduction is good for humans to digest the information. But the more you reduce complexity, the more power, explanatory power you'll lose. So I guess the power of um, algorithms here is to actually eliminate this reduction to a certain degree and say, we're happy to look at really wide data where wide means not exclusively user acquisition or and a Google Analytics events, but also combined with warehousing or whatever downstream um, tasks. 
and thus bridging information silos. Um, so I th that's one way how one might think about it. Um, how we initially, uh, you know, assumed that we, we initially assumed that that collaboration happens a lot more within our product. Um, I will say we're not there yet um, across departments. I meant right. So think of a um, like one of our clients is in gaming, so they have a user acquisition department and a product department. So one basically is happening, bringing users to the game. The other one is um, yeah. concerned with users in the game and bridging these, um, these, um, yeah, these functions, I'd say heavily depends also on the organizational setup. We see a lot of embedded analysts in these companies, which is mm -hmm. a great way to start. Yeah. Um, but again, there's nothing we can solve with a purely with a product offering. I'd say. Yeah, no, I I think this is this is maybe not really solvable with a product. I think, as you said, so it's more like a cultural thing. And I would say, like most of the stuff happens in Slack. And when if if you think, okay, it's hap or let's say in other chat communication as well, it can also happen in Teams. But um, so, but um, for me, it's like this: the, the human component in data is still like the the, the most difficult one because like. Mm -hmm. It brings so much power to it and, and, and so much things. So, for example, when, when we talk about context, I usually, people, when, when they talk to me, they sometimes come like, hey, yeah, can you have a look on the data and can find some interesting patterns? And so, like, no, I don't because, like, it doesn't make sense because, I mean, you, you are the person who live and breathe your product and business every day. And so you will have a ton more ideas than I have. So the only opportunity that I have is, like, I can train you to find these things and bring it together. But... If I would try it, I'm totally lost because, yes, I can see an anomaly, but uh, this is something like even an algorithm can do better than me, like just yeah. by spotting. So. And, you know, if you think about like a working day of an analyst, like uh, mm -hmm. let's assume eight-hour work day, and today uh, a lot of the time goes into just analyzing the data to even figure what is to be done and like what we strive for is to allow teams to become way more proactive, spend yeah. less time on actually that pure grinding through data and work on more strategic tasks, where a strategic task is actually contextualizing things. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, I, I guess with tools like, or this category in, as a whole, like augmented analytics or um, diagnostic analytics, that divide between what an analyst is doing will just shift more towards strategic goals, contextualizing um, data points, observations you make, as opposed to being the machinery itself, which goes or that goes and grinds basically um, through the data. I mean, the, the interesting thing what you do is like, and I mean, this is like, let's say, let's uh, let's take it as the last topic to to, to open up. It's like. Data teams were always a little bit struggling to find their place. And I think they're still struggling a little bit because in the end, I mean, data by itself doesn't bring any kind of value. So it usually just costs mm -hmm. money in the first place. And it takes a lot of work to bring it into a position where it generates money or it maybe saves some money. So like marketing is a lot easier. So usually it mm -hmm. generates immediately, has some impact on revenue. And, um, and so data teams were always like, first of all, have to fight for trust. And what what you just described, um, like these, the possibilities when you p now get some assets that you can go proactively out to, let's say, 
um, a, a growth team and can say, actually, we find something interesting here. And so I think this could be like, an uh, it can open up conversations that can also like, I mean, as I said, trust is a weird thing because it doesn't really come just in numbers, but like this, that, that you are able to proactively say something, then the, the team on the other end, I guess, will trust you a lot more that, oh, wow, if they find something, they they can come around and, and do something. So I don't know. So I, But the interesting thing is like, I still struggle to, if people ask me, how, okay, how, how would we measure, uh, let's say, the, the, the value of a data team? So I think I still struggle, and I know a lot of other people struggling as well, to, to define value of a data team. So, I mean, based on your experience, how would you say at the moment? I don't think that, I don't expect that you have a full good definition of it, but like maybe some ideas how to define a value of yeah. a data team. Uh, it's, it's actually um, an, a very interesting and absolutely not easy question no um i think a good starting point and a good piece i read is um um from michael Dengso who um mm -hmm. came up with a roy formula at some point um for, for, for data work um and and i guess he, he there were two parts of the of that formula one is data collection data engineering bringing data first into a state where it's actually consumable mm -hmm. and And, and I think that part is um, from our, like, it's difficult to measure. It's, it's, I would say this is rather perceived as an investment um, yes. because people should come to the realization that certain businesses and certain realities, the best lens to observe them is through data, que like, like no questions asked. Yes. Um, and if you, if you run fully digital businesses, I think everybody has, Is very clear on this premise. Um, and then the, the second part of the equation is maybe, I think if I recall correctly, is more around business impact mm -hmm. and productivity impact. Um, and for the for the letter, I think or we think about it in a, in the following sense. There, there, there is that there, there is analytical work can can be only very in a difficult manner be automated if at all it yeah. will always take data science people to do bespoke analysis for a very certain uh, for a very specific set of questions and analytical tasks um, so i think there's no productivity gain to be to be made but there's a very um, very repetitive nature of questions and a very repetitive way of managers looking at their companies which is through metrics I mean, ultimately, mm. metrics is what businesses, like how businesses are defined. Everybody knows a P&L statement, irrespective of whether you run a retail business, e-commerce, gaming, whatever. Yes. Everybody has to report their company, what their company is in a form of, you know, that um, particular statement. And, it, and this is really only the tip of the iceberg. You mentioned conversions, which are, you know, somewhat in a metric tree, like below in the hierarchy. But if you realize that metrics is what truly defines your business and and Then I think an attempt to link um, to link analytical impact or ROI to to your company's definition, which is metrics, is by trying to identify um, which of the insights a data team has surfaced cause an intervention for 
like in your business, which then can be again analyzed uh, with regards to its metric impact. So for instance, let's take a very dumb example, um, just marketing campaigns. So imagine, imagine you're, you're at the top line in a dashboard, you'll see a, a plateauing return on ad spend. Nothing seems to happen. Everything seems to go as, as, as usual. And then, and an augmented analytics product or diagnostic analytics product will surface trends which are opposing. So one marketing campaign, for instance, outperforms um, like another one which has a very negative impact. So you, you will want to, if it's not a strategic marketing campaign, you will want to think about whether a marketing campaign which has a negative impact on your return on ad spend shall be shut down. Now, this is then considered to be an intervention which can be measured in its effect, right? Retrospectively. Yeah. And I think this continuous conversation of a data team surfacing things, which can be, if contextualized, act upon, and then analyzing whether that action has a, a positive effect on, on the metric could be a way to, um, could be a way to approach it. Um, and another thought is actually, I, I guess, for organizationally is data folks need to be at the decision table because if you truly like think that data is the lens through which you can mm -hmm. observe your business reality and it it's it's then it should drive these interventions and 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 thus like inform them and and show what needs to be taken so it can't be seen just as a mere service function like a help desk where you send tickets to and send yeah. like answer that question but i think data in in many organizations needs to be like or need to be more integrated into yeah, or brought to the executive table. Nuts. Do you do you have some thoughts what data teams can do that they basically get this seat at the table? Um, Besides bribing, well, and other things. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I think this is more of a of a managerial decision to yes. make. Um, yeah, and you know, if you look at uh, just one observation from from like. Uh, uh, gaming companies uh, we see and 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 old ones right like the, the ones which have been around for 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 two decades uh, we see them just you know having promoted folks um to the executive table for exactly because they exactly came to this realization right it is a strategic function it is not a service function like logistics um so if you want your organization to make data driven decisions uh ensure that these folks take a seat at the executive table. Yeah. Otherwise, I think, yeah. No, I, th I think this is totally makes sense. In the end, it's a management decision. I think one thing that could be interesting, like to talk to CTOs and uh, especially like older CTOs and ask them how they manage it. Because I, I still know the world where, for example, like CTOs or like there was no CTO. There was a, let's say, head of uh, of um, development and so and they never had a place somewhere so they were like this, in, in the same situation they were just receiving tickets um, and I think this has changed too and it took I don't know five ten years and it might be like the same path that the data has to go now that um, yeah too yeah absolutely um, you know another another way how you you might want to think about it is if you can like as an organization show what, like, or as a function, what you surface, um, you know, that let's stick with your example with a conversion, mm -hmm. a assume 
the data team is able to like pinpoint possible reasons within seconds for conversion drop, being very proactive. And, and the business realizing at some point that it's not this typical question and answer game, but the, the moment it happened, the data team is fully aware of it and surfaces already answers, which, you know, even before a, a, a business may have framed the question. I think that in itself, but that, that, that's the more bottom-up approach. I, I think it'll, it'll take both ways, probably the managerial yeah. decision and also the, um, yeah, yeah, the, the behavior within the organization um, a, a data team can 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 follow up and live up to. You basically level up if you are in this kind of situation yeah. that you can go proactively. And uh, so I, exactly. I still have a concept in mind, but I never really have found a good way to measure it. So like what I always like about data is like it can create confidence in a company and it can increase confidence significantly. So for example, if I can get a quick answer on let's say, a changing metric, it creates confidence. If I find a pattern that um, allows me to increase in some kind of activity, uh, of course, like increase confidence like in these things, and then it creates this kind of, let's say, <laughs> confidence flywheel. But I never really found a good way how to measure it. I think it might end up with surveys. So, so uh, <laughs> But this is like, because it's so hard, but this is like, let's say, in, in the good setup that I was working on, this was this was the kind of vibe that was there that people were mm -hmm. product. So I'm, I'm come from product uh, before. So, and, and product is a lot of uncertainty. So how mm -hmm. you approach it. So this is like good product teams test a lot. So they do an interviews and so on. Um, so something that you do as well. So this is like how I get uh, to know Corsa. So like, because Jonas pinged me on, on, on LinkedIn, asked me if, if I can do a test with him. And so, This is like how a product tries to get more confident if this is the right solution mm -hmm. and so on. And so the more they can get, the better. And so this is why I related also like or use a lot of data in these kind of things to, to be more confident, to tell someone, yeah, actually, I think we are on a good way. Because like if product managers are very honest with themselves, you have no idea if this works out <laughs> or not. So even like when you feel the inner Steve Jobs in yourself, you're like, usually you don't know if it works out or not. And this is like where, where I always love to have some data in it. So not as the full thing. I always needed different kind of, let's say, data points. Uh, but it was definitely something that at least like, for example, when we released it in the first version, rolled it out to 5% of users, we could see if this goes in the right direction. This was always like the vibe that I loved, but I still haven't found a way to really? measure no, it. No, it's actually, uh, what, what you're just saying reminds me of um, the early days of Causa. Michael approached me at some point and was like, Stefan, you know, like one of our premises on which we do analytics is a bit mm -hmm. in line with, I think it's a um, Danish philosopher um, who said at some point, life can only be understood backwards, but has to be lived forwards. <laughs> and, and I think, That, that is pretty much in line with it. Like, like if you understand it retrospectively, so to say, you yeah. have a lot more confidence in the tomorrow. Yeah. And it, that's, yeah, I think it's, it's a really good way about how to think about the, the value of data. Um, well, I must admit, I, I, I think measuring confidence, um, yeah, it's a challenging <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, I think there are tools who can basically try to do this based on voice analysis. So at least like mm -hmm. there are some, let's say, scary sales analysis tools that can analyze the sales performance, but maybe they can do this, but this is not a world I want to go there. So I think it's like <laughs> asking people and see how it works out. Um, I think maybe as, as a last point, what, what uh, I think would be great to understand. So when, when people want to try you out, I mean, 
um, you need some kind of requirements uh, before um, you can basically run on on a company's data. So, wh what are basically like the requirements that you should have that people can start to use you? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I um, let, let's side back to the modern data stack. So, mm -hmm. if a company is starting out in the early days, um, trying to understand what data they and observations they should collect, um, I think. You're at, this, at that point in time when you're when you're building out the stack, really, there's there's other challenges you face, in, and you're not ready to think about causa yet. Um, well, um, as you rightly said, um, when you when you when you you know go down such a road, um, you you will want to think about what's actually the output and why are you doing it, and it can't necessarily be a, a mere dashboard. Well, this is a good start. That's not the end goal. Um, so we work typically with clients that, you know, have um, run on a cloud data warehouse, have a sophisticated transformation layer to, um, you know, report um, and, and transform the, 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 the data points and to the entities they, they you know, think about in, in the yeah. business. Um, and then we connect to, to the data, cloud data warehouse. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's what we typically see. So many of our clients have DBT in place, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, run on Snowflake, BigQuery, and the likes. But yeah. you, you basically, let's say, you have some kind of idea they should, of a schema or a, a model or a shape of data, they should create that you can say, okay, this is the easiest thing where we where we can connect to. You know, um, I think we're not, um, there's other companies that, prescribe and preach a very bespoke schema beyond star schema, I think, um, yeah. and say, hey, this is the perfect way events, for instance, shall be represented to be analyzed, say, in an e-commerce context. Mm -hmm. Our product is absolutely not strict about it. Okay. So you can literally feed in any data set you want. Now, nice. comes a, it comes with a caveat. Yeah. Um, as I said, you, you will only find... Um, potential causes for a change in metric, um, what's in the data, what's in, in the... Um, so typically how we start with clients is we take a data set they have around that is already there and then improve value on such a data set. Um, so for instance, if you have a data set that is concerned with daily active users and you're, cons you're wondering why daily active users drop or just you know remain um, constant, we can start to work with that. Yeah. Um, and once you understand the value of diagnostic analytics on the data set you have already in place, then we typically you know, think about collaboratively with our clients how you may enrich that data set, how you may build uh, an, another data set for another use case. So that's a very, I guess, collaborative approach we take there. Yeah. Well, I think that, that totally makes sense. And I like it that you are quite flexible. So because like some companies, I think, might really struggle to uh, to provide everything in a, let's say, very special uh, delivery format. Um, so I can definitely, so um, I can definitely recommend for everyone who basically fits into the description that you just gave uh, to test you out because like it's, it's I, I still can say it's it's an amazing experience when the, for the first time, even when you just see a demo, not on your data, maybe on other data, but to especially w when you have done maybe do it with your analyst team 
especially when analysts see for the first time that things they have to do in let's let's say a week work and they basically get it with some clicks and to see the things this is quite amazing i think this this was my first impression when <laughs> i was selling the product was like oh, you're crazy uh you're just basically uh limiting stuff that i was because i mean i not only did it in a way that i want to find out let's say flaws in the things but i also like did it in in the other way that you described like to find pattern that could be interesting to improve yeah. and i mean this is this is a fun thing i mean this is the thing that i guess most of the people who started analyzing things uh, love to do and um it's definitely it's a lot fun to do it in your tool this is what i can say to people so try cool they should try you out thank you Timo. Thank you as well, and thank you for your time. I mean, this was this was a lot of fun, and uh, we covered a lot of interesting topics. Likewise, thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you found some stuff that was interesting, maybe even new, maybe triggers some further thoughts um, in your head so that maybe gives you a new perspective on a specific topic. At least this is what I'm always loving about podcasts. So it triggers my brain to do crazy new things. And I am um, hope you found something interesting um, in this episode as well. So one important thing, if you have any kind of questions about the tools we are discussing in this podcast, any kind of questions about tracking setups in general, how you should approach a specific kind of problems, or even if you say, I don't have really an idea what kind of tracking setups make sense for my business for the current situation that it's in, um, just reach out to me. So this is pretty easy. So on the one hand, you can go over to LinkedIn and you can type in my name, you can find me and you can just write me a message. That's one way. And the other way is like you can also go on our website, deepskydata.com, and there is um, a, a button um, that you can set up a call. So you can click it, you can schedule 30 minutes with me. And these 30 minutes are always free, so um, no obligations. It's just like it's, it's, it's not a sales call. So it's really like you can put in your question, you can put in your problems where you're basically stuck. So I can pr present you maybe one or two ideas how I would approach these kind of topics. And that's it. So I'm, I mostly want, really want to help here uh, to, to basically unblock you and give you some new ideas. So uh, if that's something for you, don't hesitate. Just reach out. Um, this will be super fun to do. Um, and I see you in the next episode. <laughs>